Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr, and joining me tonight, I have Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. And Clotho? Hi, this is Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Tumblr. Eon? Hey, this is Eon, and I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. And joining us all the way from Sweden, we have Daphne. Hi, this is Daphne, and you can find me at uh, Je Amblin on Tumblr. Uh, what time is it in Sweden right now? It's uh, nine past three in the morning, but that is dedication. I'm a holiday, so it's fine. So, <laughs> well, tonight we're going to discuss Game of Thrones season six, episode nine, Battle of the Bastards, and we'll give our standard trigger warning for spoilers and rape discussion. Although, sorry to laugh, I was just thinking that someone would actually be triggered by spoilers. So it's spoilers and then a trigger warning for rape discussion. That would be the appropriate way to put it. I don't know if people are triggered by spoilers or not. It's possible. Um, (laughs) I don't know. So the episode opens with Marine under attack, and Tyrion is trying to placate Danny by saying that Marine is only under attack because it's doing so well. So it's kind of like, all the other girls hate me because I'm so pretty type of thing, I think. Um, Danny's plan is to go all fire and blood on everyone, but Tyrion cautions her with his tale of Ares' madness, which apparently Jamie told to Tyrion. Uh-huh. Yeah. So <laughs> when exactly did this happen, do you guys think? Probably when Dan and what's his name, the D&D there, realized that they had to set this up a little better, so they pretended. But we got a really good email about this, and she actually suggested um, a couple alternatives that would have worked just as well. Uh, Ropita Raptor, it looks like, if I'm pronouncing it right, on Tumblr. And a few of the suggestions, you know, there were just some nice suggestions about other ways he could have mentioned, you know, finding caches of wildfire hidden throughout the city. Of uh, I thought she made some really good, or he, I thought the person made some really good points that they could have, they could have set it up in a different way without, again, using Jamie. Well, and, so, you know, I think what offends a lot of us is kind of taking away the exclusivity of Jamie telling Brienne. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Which they talked about. They they themselves, both the actors and Dan and David, both talked about that, that that was an f- important moment that he hadn't told anyone else. Right. So they, they underlined that themselves. It wasn't just the books. I mean, really? I can completely buy that when Jamie was back in King's Landing at the start of season four, like Tyrion was telling him about Blackwater, and then Jamie shared his story, too. The thing is, I would have actually liked to have seen that conversation. That would have been, like, a really good scene. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, and it fits into the storyline with Tyrion for season two. They could have, yeah, they could have put that in instead of having him squash the bugs. That could have been the perfect time. Yeah. Squashing. <laughs> well, but you know, oh, yeah. I'm just. They could have added it into the same scene. You know, something like that. <laughs> I think it's a common thing. Is like they don't, and I know I'm going to talk about this later, but it's like they don't. They're not looking at this thing in its totality, and I understand that. You know, at a certain point, they thought they were going to have different source material, etc. 
But, you know, now they've had seasons and they really should have figured out better ways to lay all this in. And they didn't. And that's why it's so clunky. It's really clunky. And, you know, part of me, part of me feels like it's so clunky that it's embarrassing. Well, I think, again, there's other things in this episode that are clunkier. So maybe we'll just save it. But I had another question for you guys on the scene is, you know, do you really think that they're going to go there with Danny's bloodthirstiness? No, I wish I wish I could tell. Uh, I'm sorry, this is where I have the obligatory slamming Amelia Clark, but I couldn't tell. Was she? I, I was uh, really hard for me to figure out where what emotions she was supposed to be projecting, other than one little scene. I don't know. I mean, and a better there was actor, a total I, lack of emotion whenever she finally. Yeah. Tyrion is revealing, you know, his her father was the one that was planning on setting King's Landing on fire, and he was an evil dude. Yeah. I mean, there was no emotion there. That's why I mean, in the yeah. book she knows, you know, cause she's seen that, you know, she's seen it in the House of the Undying. She doesn't know who it is, but you know that scene would would be very believable and truthful to her. And I think that there was a scene early last season with um, Sir Barristan where he. I think Tells isn't there her. a scene where he kind of alluded to her father's madness as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she yeah. she has some some clue, but then you know it, she cut him off as soon as he said, and that's why Jamie killed. Yeah. So you'd think she'd care mm-hmm. a little more, but again, it could just be it's either the writing or a combination of Amelia not because you were right, Eon. She didn't. It was I was looking for it on rewatch. I was looking, is there some flicker there? And it was so you know she, she could have added something in you know kind of stoned the whole episode and i i i don't mean like literally i don't mean that amelia clark was you know dipping into something but it was that sort of weird spaciness and i was just sort of like are you projecting like angry serenity i are you just like really off in your head somewhere it was not really clear to me and i think right I don't know. I, th- I feel like we should have had a better clue. Like, is this supposed to be Cold Fury? Because if so, it, it was a little cray cray. But is it yeah. supposed to be crazy? I don't know. And I feel like I should know. I think well, it's then, supposed to know, be crazy. Oh, go ahead, Eon. Well, you know, and then later on, whenever she meets Asha Greyjoy, she's like, well, you know, my dad was, you know, a really mean dude. Your dad was a really bad, bad dude also. You know, let's mm-hmm. join join forces here so i mean she's apparently it's not really even bothering her that it's a joke (laughs) no i think they could have i mean with a good actor even if you have a bad script for example with nikolai we know that he can really deliver he can make the script fly but i think like amelia's problem is that she her default acting type is like to look regal which she does well, but that's like the oh. only, yeah. Mm. Or to do and something I, with her eyebrows, which <laughs> oh yeah, no, and I mean that's fine, but and that has a place, but then there's a limit, and I mm. don't know what's going on. So, yeah. all right, let's move it, move it along. Um, so Tyrion, Danny, Grey Worm, and Missandei meet up with the slave masters, who offer them some frankly pretty shitty terms. They're going to flee Slavers Bay on foot, give back all of the Unsullied. And Missandei, who will go up for auction. And Danny smugly tells them that they're not here to discuss her surrender. She's there to discuss theirs. Um, Drogon shows up, and there's like this full-on 1950s Charlton Heston hero music when Drogon shows up, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. Like that was the best part of the scene for me. And he offers Danny kind of his dragon arm, and she climbs up, 
and together with the busted out um, Viserion and Rhaegal, they start to burninate the Master's fleet. <laughs> it, it was kind of like the Ten Commandments in a, in a really weird way. Well, they kind of I mean, had never... that, oh, music. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I thought the CGI was particularly shitty, but I liked I, I, it. everyone I else seemed to have enjoyed it. So I thought it was yeah, better. I actually, better than last time. Yeah. I like the choice of giving us the dragon's eye view because I think that because I mean no matter what putting her on a, on the dragon and showing her face is always going to kind of look a little bit fakey. Oh, I, but I, having I that clar- dragon's eye view was much better. Mm-hmm. I should yeah. clarify. I thought like the scenes where the dragons kind of swooping down and yeah. burning things that was really cool. It was every that. freaking yeah. time she was on the dragon that right. I went exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, just don't know that there's the- a. I Go just ahead, wanted Ian. to hear the never-ending story song. <laughs> As she climbed up. <laughs> and then at the same time that all of this is going on, um, we've got the Dothraki screamers led by Dario who are attacking the Sons of the Harpy. And it looks like they're in the same place. Um, Days next. Daznak's pit as they were last season. So I'm sort of thinking like the fight's been going on for a year at this point. <laughs> Did you see the part where Rhaegal and um, Viseron they're busting out of the side of one of the the, the, the buildings in Marine? And yeah. I'm just like, didn't Tyrion like set yeah. them free? I know. Why did they have <laughs> out? Yeah. Why did it take them so long? That is. <laughs> they just well, been I playing in the sewers of Marine this whole time, and then they hear Drogon, and they're like, let's bust out of here now. You know. It's a plot. It's tells them to. lost. They were lost in the sewers of Marine. They had to be oh. eating something down there, you know? And I'm sure nobody was they following. They like, a lot of food, you know, like, a lot of big rats to eat and stuff, so they were probably pretty happy. <laughs> they did it instead of Jorah and... Yeah. Prince of unusual size. So, with the, the first name, yeah. Um, with the dragons and the Dothraki behind her, the masters realize they're completely overmatched, and Missende says that as part of their surrender, one of them has to die. And the two of them turn on Yezan, Yezan, because he's the kind of the newcomer to the bunch, and Grey Worm swiftly beheads the two guy the two guys that called for Yezin to be killed, leaving him alive to spread the tale to the rest of Slaver's Bay. Um, my comment on this was um, Yezin is really into eyeliner. Is he part Dothraki? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they focused on that dude a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's kind of an interesting. He's an interesting actor in that he's playing this sort of exotic character, but if you look at him, he looks like Mr. Regular Joe. So I think it's like actually like a good casting choice since he is kind of, you know, the newcomer. I think he was just like a, you know, average slaver and to be, you know, a guy in power, it's new for him. Yeah. I was happy he was the one that lived out of the three of them. I was like, okay, yeah, if you gotta pick one yeah. <laughs> I mean, I assume we won't see him again, but good good for him. You go on. Yeah, I just keep thinking about how awesome that move Grey Worm did was. Oh, I know. And then he straightens his, like, he straightens Uh, his shirt when he's done. He's, like, really boss. I was, that was, like, peak Grey Worm, I think. It was. That was good. I like that scene. I thought that was a good scene. Um, so then we, we finally go to the north, and John and company meet up with Ramsey and his forces for some pre-battle smack talk. Liana Mormont is giving us some classic bitch face as Ramsey urges them to surrender, claiming he'll pardon them all. John pulls Jamie and challenges Ramsey to a duel, but like Rob Stark before him, Ramsey basically LOLs at that. Uh, Ramsey produces Shaggy Dog's head as proof that he has Rickon, 
Sansa tells him he's going to die tomorrow, while Ramsay tells John and company that he's going to feed them to his starving dogs. Um, my question on the scene, well, it's, you know, it's first a statement that Liana Mormont is, like, the best ever, and she's yeah. going to have a long and wonderful career <laughs> of playing, like, the sarcastic best friend in every teen movie made in the 2020s. Like, it's just going to happen. It's going to be great. But, like, why didn't they just sneak some archer in behind them and kill Ramsay right there? That's kill him. That would have been like, amazing. <laughs> you know, I know yeah. the Starks like honor and everything, but you know yeah, that might not have been a bad idea. I don't think and it would have been just the Starks. Been a great it would have been idea. The other lords, but I mean, yeah. I think one of the wildlings could have pulled it off, and then oh, what yeah, are they like, going to oh, do? Yeah. We don't know your ways. <laughs> I mean, like I feel like I feel like they couldn't have gotten away with having, say, like a Mormont or one of the Stark people, whoever else is supposed to be in this ragtag bunch of happy-go-lucky, about-to-be-dead people, but they could have gotten away with the wildling. Yeah, that, see, yeah. that would have been a good tactic. Like, all oh, those wildlings, mm. they don't understand our honor, blah, 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 blah. Whoops, see, sorry. Yeah. What, what bothered me was, there's not... I thought we are supposed to be in winter at this point. They're in the north, and it was like... It was like where I live, which is kind of known for its snow, but in a spring day. I mean, it really did not look nearly cold enough. And also... Shouldn't Shaggy have been a lot more decayed? Yeah. Hasn't, maybe yeah. they dipped him in, you know, whatever. <laughs> Tar, put him in an icebox. Taxidermied him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they really probably have that technology. So, yeah, they could have just, you know, they had him up on the wall and they just took him off the wall <laughs> to bring him along. <laughs> There's some housekeeper going, I hated that thing. I'm glad it's gone. Don't bring it back. <laughs> So after the big meetup, uh, Davos, Tormund, John, and some random red shirt whose name we never find out have a war council. And John kind of stark explains war tactics to Tormund. And as far as I can tell, and you know, I should just do a general warning for this recap. Um, I am not a general, so some of these <laughs> tactics I will probably be misinterpreting. But as far as I can tell, the big plan is to get Ramsay to charge at them. And then as he makes his penetration, they'll surround him from the sides. Yeah, and okay. Sansa, who didn't speak up at all during the meeting, she's now kind of butthurt that they didn't ask her opinion. <laughs> and she tells John that his plan isn't going to work because Ramsay's the tricker, not the tricky. And she's actually pretty pragmatic about Rickon's fate. Um, mm. You know, she's, he's already dead as far as she is concerned. And they get into a pretty big fight. Sansa can't really offer John any concrete advice other than to not get goaded by Ramsay. And she's still pissed that John is even attacking now. And she tells John that if Ramsay wins, she's not gonna she's not going back to him. John says he'll protect her. Sansa tells him no one can protect her. Then she says no one can protect anyone, which I mm-hmm. thought was kinda interesting. Yeah. So what do you think of, of their relationship? Like, it seems really prickly, and I kind of like that, but um, I, I'm not sure how we're supposed to feel about it. I have thoughts. Um, I think I think it, I liked the scene. I thought it was well acted, and I'm not usually a big fan of Harrington, but I thought he did quite well. I thought they played off well together. Um, I liked her pragmatism about Rickon. I thought, mm-hmm. given where she's been and what she's been doing, I mean, that she understood, because she's now become something of a game player, that, you know, Ramsey cannot let Rickon live. Um, but I feel like they didn't do the spade work 
earlier and consistently to this season to make this pay off on the level that it should have. I think they've made dabs at it, but I don't think they understand how to do setup. And for professional writers, this is like criminal to me that they don't know how to do this or that they they're so overwhelmed by the, the enormity of what this show is that they haven't had the sense to give this over to somebody who does know or has the time and attention to do it. One question I have about John is, you know, have we, why is he in such a hurry for this battle? Like, What's driving his urgency for it? He wants to get warm. <laughs> He's just too tired. He just wants to get warm. <laughs> I mean, he could take a ship down to Dorne. Um, yeah, you know, some nice yellow fabric. I feel like he would look good in it. Well, yeah. yeah I, let's I don't, not say that. We know what happened last time. Yeah, sorry. Well, well, I mean, and it's sad. I mean, I guess if you look at the, the, the story component, it is sad that both of them, you know, if Sansa would have spoken up and said, well, here's why I don't want you to rush in, because I contacted Littlefinger, but she didn't mm-hmm. feel like she could trust him. And I get that that's what they were going for, but it, it's a shame on both sides. You know, he's, well, see, you know. I didn't get that. I never I didn't get that why either. They didn't tell why? I was like, what? Because it seems like they have a very... I wouldn't say romantic relationship, but uh, I know that like the John and Sansa shippers are like alive at this moment, especially when we're well because she said she didn't trust him. That's why I took Mm -hmm. it as that's why she didn't tell him that she contacted Littlefinger. That's my only I don't know. That was was the connection I made. I guess like I oh go ahead. I was just I've been thinking about this a lot and how this should have been done. And one thought I had was like from the beginning, first of all, they should have been giving her more agency all along. So like instead of her having to look at Podrick to get the words to swear Brienne to her, she should have known those words. She should have been recognizing sigils. They should have been giving her more and having them her and John have these little I think they've had like one or two tiny moments of conflict. But to have more of that and then what I think they should have done is had her float the idea of the Knights of the Vale and for whatever reason and again I don't do battle like just as Guile said I don't understand that crap but maybe they could have come up with a way to make that to have them shoot that idea down and I think it would have had more power than you know what she'd ridden off and said okay this is not happening I'm going to, you know, my army's coming. Oh, and him involved. I think that would have worked better. And it would have had, they could have had some more. Well, hopefully. The moment would have played better. Well, and hopefully they the, address it next week. I mean, there's a scene next week where he's talking to her and says, you have to trust me. I mean, hopefully they address this, which is another thing. Like, you know, you can go back and say, oh, well, maybe they handled it in the way they thought was correct because they addressed it later. But if they don't address it next week properly, then what you're saying is. <laughs> you know, accurate. And this is, that's just an idea. I, I don't know. I mean, but it, I feel like they had these opportunities to do this and they just kept racing to get to this, this yeah. episode without really thinking about how to make it pay off. I think that, you know, I got when she met with Littlefinger early in the season and then didn't tell John about it because I, from what I took from that scene is she didn't want to, give John the option of working with Littlefinger. Like right. she didn't want to do it and she didn't yeah. even she didn't want him to have the option. But now when she's starting to think about the option, I, I it doesn't make any sense to me why she wouldn't 
bring him into the conversation, especially when it's like, this is such a desperate moment that they legit think that they're all going to die. Well, that's why I hope that next week John calls her on that, because that's serious. A lot of people died, probably Mm -hmm. needlessly, if he would have just waited, what, an hour? Yeah, Maybe and I have yeah. read some, you know, I've read some speculation, and I don't think this is going to be true, but I kind of want it to be true, that actually Sansa did it on purpose to destroy John's support oh. so that there'd be less competition oh. for her I mean, being named Queen of the North. Uh, that would go back to like, it would... that would be it, but that would actually be a good. Yeah, movie. that would, that would, honest, but it's probably not. <laughs> Maybe see like she's so driven to kill Ramsay to get back at Ramsay that I mean this sounds kind of awful but she could have just used John she knew that John was going to be impulsive and jump into that fight with Ramsay and um, pretty much use that as a distraction so that the the Knights of the Veil could jump in behind Ramsay yeah then she's the takes. Credit. Yeah, wow. but I think that would require her to have more of a knowledge of um, of battle than I think they've given her. Right. Because I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like now where you can have like you know drone strikes at surgically timed moments. I mean, you're talking about you're 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 scrolling up a message on what something that's slightly larger than a Chinese fortune cookie message, <laughs> and you're trusting it to a bird. So, <laughs> when you put it that way. I mean, it's not like she could say, okay, and I don't even have, like, real time as far as I could tell. It's not like she's saying, okay, at 8.02 precisely, I need you well, to strike. Well, she rode away in the night. I mean, that's, you know, she but rode we away. But we didn't, yeah, they there didn't were really... some, Right, but there were some ravens going back and forth, and then she rode away in the night. Oh, because she showed that's, up with him, right? Because she, she showed up with okay, him, yeah. Okay, okay. We're kind well, of that, jumping ahead. That would so. make a little bit more, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I honestly don't think they had, like thought behind it just they just want yeah. like the element of surprise oh yeah that's no, probably even though right no one was surprised answer. yeah, <laughs> right, yeah right. That's, we all knew it and no probably although right. <laughs> when we get to that point remind me that i have a story about another story about how stupid people are that okay maybe they like, <laughs> maybe the maybe the bar is not too low for people I don't yeah know. <laughs> i actually i i have to say if i could just jump back i had a conversation with a friend who has read most of the books but who totally missed all of what I thought of as heavy, obvious anvil shade, you know, about like wildfire and all this stuff. And I'm like, they're like practically like putting it out there in neon letters and some people, intelligent, smart people aren't getting it. So maybe, yeah, Oh, that's maybe the bar is that low. <laughs> it's pretty low. Um, yeah. So going back into the episode, Tormund and Davos are chatting about the coming battle and their former King slash love of their lives. Um, Stannis and Mance. And they, you know, Stan- Mance, excuse me, Davos talks about Stan- Stannis and his demons, and Tormund, for some reason, um, doesn't know the phrase, like, demons in his head, like he's looking for actual demons. And which which, Davos has actually seen, let's be yeah, fair. Yeah, I know, I know. I've forgotten that. <laughs> I kept waiting for him to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, Tormund kind of laments Mance, and, you know, he really doesn't have anything bad to say about Mance, as he shouldn't, because Mance was awesome. Um, Tormund offers Davos a drink, which is part of his pre-battle ritual, but Davos has to take a walk and a dump. Um, (laughs) In the meantime, meantime, um, Jon slips into a really subdued Mel's tent. Um, Jon tells her not to bring him back if he dies, and Mel tells him that she has to do whatever Reller wants. She's really, you know, she's obviously lost her mojo, 
the old Mel would have pre-battle banged John. I, I'm like 100% sure. Yeah. So I kind of miss her. <laughs> and you know, speaking of the old Mel, Davos walk lead him, leads him to the pyre where Shireen was burned. And he finds the stag he carved, carved for her and puts two and two together. That's so a bunch fun. of other of more controversial stuff here. Um, I love that scene, that just seeing Davos and he's he's looking at it and it pans back and it's oh, yeah. like that was beautiful right it there. It was beautiful. Although mm. I did see a meme on Twitter where it was um it was that scene and then it was, you know, I swear I'll never be hungry again <laughs> like the scene. Oh, God. The land, oh which, with the sky oh, and the tree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the thing that, that I mean, my head, but thank you. I'm not even really so much concerned about the magical heat-resistant wood anymore. Yeah, so much I, I, I didn't even know about that. But, like Stannis oh, killed oh, Shireen like within what, like a half an hour walk from Winterfell, or Davos takes really, 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 really long walks the night before the battle. <laughs> like what the hell? Like seriously, Stannis is like what? a mile away from Winterfell and he kills Shireen. <laughs> this whole scene makes, this whole scene, I get why it happened, but it makes, I wear her bones. bones. Like, did no, anyone the, care the enough to bury her bones? No sense. Yeah. Cause I mean, if the wood man lasted, I'm thinking her, her bones skull. should be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I loved, I liked the Davos and Tormund scene a lot, but it's like the, what first or second time Davos has actually talked about how he's felt about Stannis and this loyalty. And I'm like, it's episode nine. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, he never actually asked anyone what happened to Shireen, which I also find odd. I, I mean, I know they're setting it up because they want episode 10 to be like this huge confrontation with him and Mal and, Hopefully I'm going to get the hate sex I've been praying for because I need something out of this fucking season. But <laughs> it was just, it doesn't, it does not stand up to any kind of examination. No, it's utterly moronic. Like everything about it is dumb other than the emotion of the emotion that Davos feels for Shireen. Like that part of it is earned and that part of it works. Yes. So on some level, the scene works if you shut your brain off. <laughs> but <laughs> that should like be the like the summary of the scene. <laughs> yeah. like I mean, show. yeah. I mean, not bad advice for the whole show. I mean, and I mean, I mean that actually genuinely. Like mm-hmm. part of you know the issue of doing a podcast is that we actually have to watch the show yeah. on a somewhat more <laughs> no on like a somewhat more critical level. Like we have to think about what we're going to talk about. You can't just sit there and just yeah. let it happen to you. And I think there's yeah. parts of this episode that it's hard not to do that because the actual filmmaking is so spectacular that you just, you know, that yeah. overwhelms everything. And that's what they do really well. And, you know, there's the beauty of the scene, can be, the beauty and, like, the genuineness of his emotion can mm-hmm. can overwhelm you here. But any, you know, even the slightest bit of examination of the scene, it falls apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys want to talk about the best scene in the show? Yes. I know I'm not supposed to editorialize as the mod, but no, whatever. It seriously so, made the season for me. So Ash and Theon are in Marine, and Tyrion starts <sighs> ragging on Theon for making short jokes when they were in Winterfell, and basically completely like, forgets that Tyrion was the prime suspect in Bran's attempted murder at that point, and Tyrion should just be lucky they didn't kill him. 
Um, anyway, Theon is like kind of cowed about this, and I just want to point out, Asha has some super hot leather pants on. This is kind it of does. important. Um, it is. Danny and Asha totally flirt their way into an alliance. Danny will use their ships, and she'll support Asha's claim to the Iron Islands. Um, they also might get married and live happily ever after on the side. She <laughs> makes Asha promise that the Iron Islanders will support her claim to the Seven Kingdoms and stop reaving. Um, Asha agrees, but I assume that she had her fingers crossed behind her back. They seal their alliance with an arm clasp instead of the kiss that they both so obviously wanted. And are we all aboard the uh, HMS Firecracker now? Yep, I'm on. Yeah, I, I would like to point out that I think Guile and I called it. You did. Yeah, <laughs> they 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 pushed it. It was there. It so bad. It was so there. <laughs> it was there. Yeah, it was hundred percent. You were right. <laughs> it was. It was great. I mean, I, I really, I don't know what the fuck is going on with Tyrion and his, is, is he having a crisis? I don't know. But it's like, oh my God, dude, that happened like years ago. Move on. Guy got yeah, castrated. Like, I'm sorry, Tyrion. I'm sure enough people stuff. have insulted you over the years. Yeah, somebody you know? posted you know, footage yeah. and they said that actually Tyrion was ruder to uh, Theon than, than vice versa. So people were yeah. like taking it to... <laughs> And to theirs as well. Like the, the dick jokes well, have been. Too- oh yes, that's true. And it, it was interesting because it looked like Danny looked down at his parts when she was asking like what his problem was, and I was like, "There's no way she knows about it." <laughs> but I loved, I loved the chemistry. I mean, I don't, I don't honestly see how it's viable that the Iron Islands are going to abandon their kind of. Of course, they're not trailer. I don't even know what to call them, but it was great. <laughs> I mean, well, it, I always think of them as like, you know, the, the trailer trash of Westeros. I mean, yeah, but um, not even that. There, I don't, I don't even know what to call them. But I love the chemistry. I, I mean, I'm sure it's not going to go into hot sex like I want. Um, no. I feel <laughs> like I, maybe it could. Oh yeah, and, and you know what? That would be totally cool. And maybe Dario could get involved. I'd be down with that. Somebody was saying something about on the ship. So wouldn't that be awesome if they do a little uh, fun time on the ride over to Astera? Long, you know, it's like a two episode <laughs> trip to Westeros. Yeah, so I mean, you know, well, it's probably going to be like five minutes on the show. So yeah. <laughs> Five minutes is a lifetime on the show. I could live with five minutes. And I mean, frankly, Amelia, you know, she's smiling. She's happy. You know, it's kind of nice to see Danny like that. And I think that does help humanize her. And, you know, we've seen so little of Asha that, you know, I kind of like her as the swashbuckling pirate that's like sweeping her off her feet. Like, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought that that Clark did a better job here. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I, yeah. it wasn't mm-hmm. as painful as some of the other stuff was. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is working. This is, like, entertaining, and I am I could be down with this. Yeah, it felt really organic between the two. They had a lot of chemistry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's kind of cracktastic, but I loved it. <laughs> I, li- I like, actually, to discuss the treaty she does with, um, with Asha, you know, about mm-hmm. the raping and reaving stuff. I think it's... I think it sort of calls back to the beginning of the episode with Tyrion, you know, comparing her to uh, Aerys because, you know, she's with the Dothraki and what does the Dothraki do more than reap and r- rape and reap, you know, all the time. So she's kind of like, um, you know, she double-sided, you know, she knows everything, but she thinks it's okay because she has dragons, you know. Yeah, I mean, she can make, you know, I guess like, you know, she can pr- promise all the things that she wants to, but at the end of the day, she has dragons. Yeah. 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 
So we have to leave our lovely ship and go back up north. I know, it's sad. Um, (laughs) Maybe episode 10. (laughs) Goodbye, firecracker. Uh, So it's, (laughs) it's daybreak in the north, and John is riding amongst his troops to take his place at their head. We see the flayed bodies on burning crosses in no man's land between the two armies. Remember when we were all, like, super concerned about who were those people were going to be? Turns out, totally doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Ramsey rides forward, pulling something behind him with a rope, and we see that it's poor Rickon. Ramsey cuts through Rickon's bonds and tells him to run to his brother. And poor Art Parkinson doesn't even get a line this season. Mm. <laughs> like, what a bummer. Um, Rickon kind of in disbelief starts running towards John. Ramsey pulls out his bow and starts shooting arrows at Rickon as millions of viewers simultaneously yell zigzag at their... Zigzag! Screaming that! John takes off on his horse and he gallops at breakneck speed to rescue Rickon, and he's just about there when Ramsey hits him right in the heart, and Rickon dies. That looked really far. That was sort of my thing, because my husband makes bows and arrows, and he shoots, and I asked him, and he, you know, I don't know. You know, I guess, uh, you know, you can argue about that, but it looked a little bit too far to be that accurate, but, you know. Yeah, but does he hunt naked women all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Or or have Ramsey's uh, superpowers, you know, to get everything right. And and I guess the flayed men were the markers, so he knew that how far, that's the impression I got, that they were markers to tell how far his bow would hit, and then if once John hit a certain point, he could, yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that, but that, yeah, Markers that's... And probably um, just for psychological... Yeah, know, yeah, tactics, yeah. You know, to scare the enemy. That would be my guess. <laughs> so basically, John forgets all of Sansa's advice, and, you know, we see Tormund whisper, don't, but, you know, John just charges. Um, Davos sends the rest of the cavalry after him and Tormund's wildlings join the fray behind them. And John is caught in the middle of a rush of horses. He and she's Longclaw, and it's this really spectacular moment of filmmaking as oh, yeah. it slows down as Ramsey's horses are coming towards him and John is standing there in front of him, but everyone just kind of ignores him as the armies clash all around him. Mm-hmm. Um, John is kind of in his best, you know, fighting John mode, which I think is a lot of people's favorite John. And he's kicking ass all around. He seemed incredibly lucky. And I know, like, in that after the episode, they said, you know, it's all about luck and everything. But, you know, whenever I was watching this, it almost seemed like, you know, whenever he meets Melisandre, and he's like, well, why did, you know, the Lord of Light bring me back? And she's like, well, the Lord of, of Light has some sort of plan. It just felt almost like divine intervention to me. Yeah. Because yeah. there's like horses flying all over the place, and it's like he should be dead. People are I mean, charging, and yeah. then I mean, and then there's this hail, this volley of arrows. Oh, that was and they all like laid on the ground, like around him, and I'm like that. I wonder if that's like divine intervention. So Bolton like took out armor. his own, you know, his own <laughs> cavalry, which was terrible. And then you know, I guess that's all part of his master plan. But it was horrible, and the horses, yeah. the sound. Oh my god, the Hello. CGI. That was horrific. That it just oh hearing them hit each other. There was so much that was good about this. I thought the bit where he was standing there and they were coming at him was horrible because it looked fake to me. But then they started doing stuff. That director was doing stuff mm-hmm. with time speeding up and slowing yeah. down and the sound. And it, that really was loved, amazing. Yeah. And I yeah, think I actually really that, that shot in- of the charge of horses at him, yes. that actually was real. 
that was really beautiful. That yeah, was beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, the side view. Yeah, that was one of the. No, I'm thinking of the shot where he's standing. No, oh, apparently that was real. That was real too. You're kidding me! Wow. It looked so fake. I think it's it, the the cat the the angle they used. So it almost shortened the field. It was an odd. Um, yeah. Okay, visual. that's yeah. I it looked fake to me, which is hysterical. Then, <laughs> if that's real, I oh wow. So uh, I have I just, a weird question. How do they know who is an enemy? I know. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, yeah. isn't that kind of chaos yeah. of battle kind of thing? You That's know, they were trying to point it. that out. Oops, I killed the wrong guy. Yeah. Is that yeah, really? like, literally yeah, it, would be? I thought. Yeah, I thought about that because he he mm-hmm. kills some guy while some another person is killing that person, and then he kills. This sounds really weird, but then he kills that person too, and I was like, wait. Shouldn't he be your ally? It's the yeah, medieval version of friendly. It's, yeah, it's friendly yeah. fire in a you know obviously that's not you know earth medieval but medieval reference you know of you know getting hit by your own troops. Yeah, yeah. I oh, I just love this scene so much. I've watched it so many times. I love it. And, and you it's know, so perfect. <laughs> yeah, the director said they made a decision to shoot it tight. And not mm-hmm. to do, they limited the number of broad shots, you know, just because they wanted it to feel more real and visceral and you were really there. And um, they said that they were getting close to the end and he actually had to write David and Dan. And that scene, they called the rebirthing when John is sort of claustrophobic and getting trampled, that mm-hmm. they, he actually, that came about last minute. Like he wrote them and said, I can't do what you want to do in this script. And he was afraid that they weren't going to approve it, but they gave him free reign to do that. And I think that was one of the most intense, probably, yeah. you know, I would say best parts visually, you know, that I really felt almost panic attack, you know, during that part. Yeah, that mosh pit from hell. Yep. So, so it yeah. just sort of, you know, that's kind of interesting that it just came about through creativity and we have to get this done somehow and what can we do? And I just want to know how they formed that wall of bodies. <laughs> Was there like yeah? A, that was like hard to believe. Bulldozer <laughs> that pushed them all together to make a body I, wall. I'm thinking you're not supposed to think about that again. Um, and the problem is, is we, we do because when we watch this, we go, "Wait a second, this makes no sense." And Although I they were we, talking about how they were looking at some historical battles, and like even Civil War battles, where um, there were like these like tall obstacles that were basically consisting of bodies. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, you know the Romans. Oh, okay, this. Okay, I'm. Well, I'm apparently the battles. This yeah. From an asterisk and obelisk comic, which is not really a good war reference, but um, <laughs> I and I want to say I've seen this in like some documentary when I couldn't find the remote, you know, about Roman warfare. But didn't it's they okay. do <laughs> shit like that with the shields and stuff? Shield too? wall. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They said that shield the wall. battle was based on um, a battle that Carthage fought against the Romans. So mm-hmm. Carthage, um, the Carthinian, Carth- I don't know how to yeah. say it. Um, the, Car- the Carthage forces mm-hmm. did that to the Romans and then slaughtered all of them. So they modeled it after that. Okay. Oh, yeah, see, think- my comic was right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I thought think- that was. Um- oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I think like. Um- the pile of dead bodies was also maybe taken a bit from, uh, you know, that movie 300. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Cause it'd be yeah. like a wall of dead people. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I think, you know, this was a, you know, the overhead shot with the troops and, you know, the troops with their shields slowly moving in. I mean, that was good in the sense that 
I think it gave us mm-hmm. knowledge of the, we understood the battle, which I yeah. think at a certain point, you know, it's, you want the chaos for the visceralness of it, but then you need like some outer shots to help you understand oh, yeah. like, what actually mm-hmm. is happening. It was great juxtaposition. And I think that, it. yeah, that did a really good job of, of bringing that in. And it, it did, I mean, I think, you know, we all know John's going to win, but I do think that, um, it still gave us that sense of hopelessness, you know, in a really effective way. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, all right. Here was my problem. I love the battle. I thought it was really well, not all of it, but I like most of it. But I knew Liam Cunningham. I was 99.9% sure he was making it through. I was pretty sure about Tormund and I knew for certain John was going to make it out. And I don't know any of those other people. Mm. So mm. I had no, I mean, it's not like, you know, I knew who any of those other guys were. I didn't have any stake. I was like, you know, Bolton's, Wildlings, whatever the hell, you know, unless they had done something heinous, like killed little um, Lady Mormont there, which I don't even think they would do twice. Um, I didn't care. I don't know who these people are. I know they're all going to get out. You know, John's going to win because John, he's the tropiest trope that ever troped. (laughs) (laughs) He is. I mean, He's yeah, I gonna... think that's that's why ultimately, like for me, I'll like you know I'll much prefer the Watchers in the Wall as far as a battle episode to this because you know I really felt the emotion with Gren you know with right. with Gren's yeah. sacrifice and with Egret you know there was a lot of um, there was a lot more you know there was more emotional stakes than there was in this episode. I think this episode was basically you know the emotion you're supposed to feel as you know getting rid of Ramsay essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there wasn't really the sacrifices on on you know the so-called good guy side. And, and I mean the one sacrifice that that sort of stood out, which everybody kind of won one. But you know he yeah. um, mm-hmm. uh, sort of my critique of that is somebody should have made him at least a shield. And it could yeah. have, they could build ships <laughs> yeah. in this time. They could make the giant oh, a, a shield, a weapon. It's yeah, can you door. imagine? That? Yes. Do you imagine how many people he could have taken out if he had had weapons? If Gendry yeah. had been around to make him like a giant, you know. <laughs> anything armor that was kind of i mean it sort of seems like they used him as like a dumb brute you know and that's a little bit offensive i mean i realize giants aren't real but you know it's like the guy but but they did say that they um i i don't know if anyone else read this too but was it miguel sapochnik is that who pronounced it the director said that they had filmed a lot with ghost in it so they actually had filmed ghost in it but they had at the end of the day between time consuming and expense of filming both him and one one, they chose to go with one one. Huh. So that's why, and they didn't well, want Ghost to die anyway. Ghost? No, I mean I don't think they were, but I guess okay. you know that was their. They didn't say either way, but it sounds like they weren't, so they were okay with leaving so where him was out. Ghost? Did he have like a tummy ache? Um, yeah, I don't, and I wonder what what scenes he was in. I mean, they said they actually put him in, so I mean, I guess I don't know if they had somebody running around with a ball and a stick and. <laughs> Yeah, and they, they a dog. Yeah, it's he's conspicuous by his absence. That's for sure. <laughs> well, they're not. I mean, if they're killing off dire wolves because the expense of filming the dragons, Ghost is not long for this world. Mm, ghost <laughs> might nope. stick around. They'll yeah, just have to keep I, it out of scenes where there's other yeah, CGI. <laughs> maybe, but I think like they're it's so hard dealing with animals, and they probably had way too much going on. And I guess maybe the pathos of one one or whatever. Although again. If anyone was doomed to die, I mean, I kind of figured that out, what, back in season two or three when he showed up? Because, again, Last of the Giants doesn't seem like he's likely to find a nice giant lady and repopulate his race. I mean, this is kind of, I'm sorry, I'm such a downer. (laughs) 
But I mean, I yeah, it was cool. I just I liked. It didn't so have far, the of the giant impact. battles that they've done. I liked. I still love Blackwater best, and then probably the battle with the wildlings and Carsey and the Hardhome. zombies, yeah, and then yeah, and then the battle for the dawn there, and then this. I mean, I didn't care about any of these people really. I knew no. the ones who are the big characters were going to make it out. I think. For, you know, I definitely liked Watchers on the Wall the most of all the big battles, and it's not particularly close. And then Blackwater. But Blackwater had nothing to do with the battle scenes that I liked, because, you know, they're pretty minor. It was all like the, you know, the Cersei being written as actual Cersei mm-hmm. and getting progressively more drunk and bitter that I enjoyed for that episode. Yeah. What I think those episodes did better, though, is that... They kind of established who these characters were, and you cared about these people, and you weren't sure about outcome. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think I think Blackwater. One of the advantages was it was kind of like what it must feel like to be on the inside of one of those castles when everything's falling apart outside, and you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of wonder going back in time if they, you know, if they should have had Roos be alive and have Ramsay kind of be the one in the guts of the battle and have him die that way to at least like give us like an additional face and, you know, additional face on the enemy side. Cause I mean, Umber Karstark, did anyone even really know which one was which at this point? Because I didn't. Yeah. And this was more of a traditional. Sorry, go ahead. Umber was there. He was the one that was fighting the Dormund. But I I, I didn't see the other guy. I know. They what? Yeah, I never saw him lines of dialogue this whole season i don't know who yeah. they are yeah now see and that would have been and i i, I have to admit part of this is because i would have gotten michael mcclahatton on my screen a little bit more but like <laughs> that would have been interesting because then you would have had ramsey out there in the thick of it Roos doing what he said they should have done with stannis which was stay inside and hold a siege and then uh, that falling apart yeah. and then that would kind of maybe because i'm assuming of course with this show who knows but if Winterfell is going to be like the showdown between them and the White Walkers, I mean, that supposedly indefensible mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean, highly defensible castle, like, all right, well, we've just seen it, you know, we've seen several times it can be breached. I think that would have maybe tied it in a little bit better. Yeah, and yeah. also, Bruce was way more interesting than Ramsay. Ramsay was the same guy every freaking time. You never I think knew- he, he didn't even have a like a real character personality he was just like whatever the plot wanted him to be yeah for me mm-hmm. so i was gonna say when you talked about ramsay being in the middle of the fight i was gonna say that's a little bit out of character but then you know he doesn't really well, have one <laughs> yeah i mean they could have done that i don't know i mean could have ripped his shirt off and like ran into the fray oh yeah i wouldn't have minded that he's a good looking guy Yeah, personally, I think the biggest problem for me and what I've seen on Tumblr and stuff is that this episode was very, you know, predictable. You knew who was going to die, you know. We know John's going to come out on top, and we know Ramsey's going to die, and, you know, all of that. And I think... Well, and then we know, you know, what's going to happen next. That, you know, the army of the Vale with Sweet Robin at the front, which... No, but that would have been awesome. Is going to come mm-hmm. in and save the day? Could you imagine if like, just randomly he was like riding in and he can like barely stay on his saddle? Oh, see, there's little things that could have improved it. I feel like, but um, yeah, that would have been great. It should have been him 
No, go ahead. It should have been him shooting at Rickon. He would have survived. Yeah, he totally <laughs> would have survived. <laughs> Just it's... through sheer ineptitude, he would have made it. <laughs> or Edmure. There you go. Yeah. Hey, another one. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think there's a problem. Like, they, they went for the surprise shock right. of the Knights of the yep. Vale coming But there was in. no shock unless you were an idiot. Well, <laughs> I mean, this goes to, like, Hitchcock. I mean... You can have a scene and a bomb go- goes off in the middle of the room and it's shocking, right? But what's much more gripping is if there's a bomb underneath the table and you know it's there and the people in the scene don't. I mean, like, so if you could have, they could have played with this more. Like, okay, the thing with the Knights of the Veil, are they going to come? Aren't they going to come? You know, there are things they could have done to keep us a little more into the moment. Versus, I mean, it was a, a cool visual experience, but I didn't take any, it had no impact on me. Whereas I think if I had been more like, because it's possible they wouldn't come in time, maybe there was a shot they could get yeah. Rick. And, you know, all those things, they could have played with all of that. And I think it would have had much more impact. Yeah, that but, especially would have worked if, you know, Sansa had told John about sending for Littlefinger. Then they could argue about not knowing whether he would come or not. Yeah. And then, like, the suspense, does he come, does he not come, yeah, are they going to, you know. Um, Although I gonna... will say that, oh, go ahead, Kama. No, no, I was finishing, yeah, it's good. I was going to say, you know, my story about the stupid audiences. This is another true story of stupidity, which I feel like I should TM. Um, a friend of mine was telling me, year, this is years ago, she was at the movie Troy, and when the Greek soldiers started coming out of the Trojan horse, a woman behind her literally goes, no way! <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know that you can i don't know that it's possible no it's true um did anyone ever oh god what was it was it point break with the surfers and patrick swayze does that sound right oh it's been yeah. years yeah. it's been years it was a terrible movie it's highly watchable and really fun but not a great critical success so anyone who hasn't seen it but it's like i was in the theater watching this and it was so so obvious who the who the bad guys were and um, behind me and I'm spoiling the movie. So spoiler warning, if you really care about point spoiler break it out now, <laughs> but at some point someone behind me, cause like these it's Patrick Swayze and his crew have been like robbing places, wearing um, masks of Ronald Reagan and Jimmy, Jimmy Carter and Gerald Ford and shit. Mm-hmm. I think Nixon too. I mean, but it's like there are four guys who look like them. And then at some point they take the masks off. And this woman behind me went, the ex-presidents are the surfers. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) so maybe I think, yeah, we just got to assume the audience is way, I don't know. (laughs) The lowest common denominator, which I feel like they're not watching HBO. You know, isn't that what the difference between HBO is, is that the lowest common denominator is not watching it? I would have thought, but... but, Yeah, who knows? I'm going to blame it on those other countries around the world that get it. (laughs) (laughs) It's those those low-educated Swedes. It's all their fault. Well, that's true, but... Um, Apologies to our listeners from other countries. (laughs) Especially the Swedes. All hate mail goes to subterfuge. Clearly, clearly it's for Americans who are probably not um, even paying for it. So, yeah. Um, So... With you know the knights, the knights of the Vale come in, and Ramsay kind of realizes he's screwed, and he he hightails it back to Winterfell. 
he's confident he can hold it behind Winterfell's walls, but one one it takes one one like what like one minute to break through, but he dies in the process. And John advances on Ramsay, and I, he has a Mormont shield, I believe, which is weird that it's inside Winterfell. But again, turn brain off. Um, <laughs> Ramsay shoots arrows at John, but John blocks them, and he eventually gets close enough to start bashing Ramsay's brains in. There's kind of a funny bit where apparently Kid Harrington hit him a couple of times because like, it was like so it's real, really yeah. Hard, yeah it's really hard to film it without like accidentally hitting him, so we can <laughs> punch him in the face a couple of times. <laughs> And uh, Ram- with Ramsay defeated, we see the Stark banners are unfurled at Winterfell. Melisandre looks on with some satisfaction because it, you can see it's proof that her visions were true. But then Davos um, looks her way and she can't meet his gaze. And John orders Rickon's body buried in the crypts below Winterfell. And then Sansa pays a final visit to Ramsay. He's still got his spirit at first because he greets Sansa in like, his trademarked evil whisper. And tells her that he'll always be a part of her, which has unfortunately spawned like a million Sansa's pregnant rumors, which is almost as annoying as Tormund Brienne ship. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I refuse. Just, yeah. Oh, God. No, no more. George, and she, or it did not happen. Yeah. And, you know, she tells him that his words will disappear, his house will disappear, and his name will disappear. And Ramsay's hounds approach, and he thinks they won't dare to attack them attack him but hunger quickly overcomes them and as they start to devour him Sansa walks away with a cold smile on her face as the episode ends okay can we talk about pacing yeah it's because it's light out when she walks when she, oh, when she asks for, and then she comes there and it's like completely dark oh. and I wanted to bring this up but I didn't last time you know when they meet with uh, Ramsay to discuss if they should have the fight or not, you know, if John Ramsey should fight one-on-one. And then she specifically, she said, you know, she says, sleep well, and then she leaves. You can see her running away on her horse. And then after that, when she's not there, they talk about, um, you know, the hounds not having been fed. Oh. So, so I don't get, like, how did Good she point. know? Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. John Fuller was like, oh, yeah, what but wouldn't that be a about? bizarre conversation? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Ramsay he hasn't fed the hounds in a week, so if we lose, we're all going to get eaten alive. <laughs> so yet again, we have to <laughs> fill it in, yeah. It seems <laughs> like a weird <laughs> combo to have. Yeah. We better make sure we feed those dogs because they haven't been fed or watered in seven yeah, days. Yeah, maybe that's it. If we win, we got to make sure to take care of those dogs. They're really hungry, that's and I really you know want to make sure they're okay. That's a good point, though. Yeah. That's a totally Do good point. Do attack dogs work like this? They're murder I don't know dogs. Enough about- <laughs> well, I all right, okay. I, I'm going to try to examine the scene with scrutiny. Forgive me. Does this is this how this works? That they'll just randomly. Well, not randomly, but they'll turn on their their owner or um, master like that. I think at that well, point, if he's that bloody, yeah. <laughs> with my plentiful experience with murderous dogs. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I, I have watched either. movies with about like Dobermans and stuff and pit bulls. I don't have a dog. If it's not painfully clear to everyone in the audience by now, but I don't know. I think hunger I just would drive like them insane. My dog would yeah. never turn on me, even if I starved her for seven days. She would not eat me. But, but I, I haven't you, trained her to eat. People. But he's abused so, them no, too, no, exactly. probably. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I also, don't think he's why aren't they well. burning Rickon? Are we gonna get zombie Rickon? Because that would be really. You know, maybe I Art Perkinson would get some lines, and that. Yeah. Would be how long cool. are you dead? Are you safe? Like in a, you know, how long yeah. do you have to be dead no. to be safe to be turned into white? You know, is there, yeah, a, is there a, 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 a cell by date? Yeah. <laughs> 
There's a lot of buried under Winterfeld, and that kind of scares me right there. Oh, yeah. oh like they could bring Lyanna back as a wife. <laughs> I don't know how it works like that. I think I know. you have to be like fresh, fresh dead. dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's um, just to be serious, well, as serious as I can be about a discussion about zombies in A Song of Ice and Fire, but um, in the, in, uh, the first book, there's something in there about not that they're going to do this on this show, but there's something in there about how the swords in the crypt for the kings are meant are kept there to keep them in place, so to mm-hmm. speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. in dance, uh, when Barbary Dunstan takes Theo down, Theon down to, into the crypts, um, she observes that the swords are missing. Yeah, because oh. Bran or uh, Bran and Jojen and Mira took them. Right, uh-huh. but I always kind of wondered. Of course, it's like everything in a song of ice and yeah. fire. You can wonder all you want, and then it turns out to be something else. But um, I did kind of wonder if that means are the kings of winter going to uh, come to life? Rise again? That would be creepy. Maybe yeah, they'd they fight have... on the Stark side, though. <laughs> oh, that'd be, be cool. Awesome. Their own zombie. Like zombie on zombie. <laughs> I'd be down. Like a little girl on girl action, followed by a little zombie on zombie <laughs> battle. Cool. I could get into that. <laughs> yeah, but they have like you know they have the skeleton whites in the show, so yeah. yeah. Oh, but I yeah, figure like once muscle. you're white, yeah. right? But once you're white, you you decay, right? Yeah. So you'd still so those are just like old whites, not like new whites that were skeletons. Well, I mean, who oh, knows? Okay. Actually, and what if there's no, like I mean, a head? Like, do they just touch the head and oh, it's it's a white, but it can't do anything because it's just a head lying? You know. What? <laughs> All these logistics. How does it work? Oh, Monty Python like, and the Holy Grail. The Come back and I'll bite you. Yeah, <laughs> the ankles. I, I, can we talk a little bit about the the Sansa scene a bit with her walking away and all that? Yeah. I mean, I felt it was very powerful, but I have a sneaky well, not a, I have a raging suspicion that, as far as they're concerned. She's over the rape, and it, we'll never hear about that again. And that bothers me. Maybe I she is. I mean, she doesn't have to react like everyone else, you know, like anyone yeah. else does, you know? It's just, yeah. I, I, I get the feeling that their attitude is they put her in a boss dress, and therefore she's a hardened woman, you know? I don't know. I mean, I feel like Sansa has been, you know, she's always had that under, she's always been a little hard underneath, you know, when she's... Oh, yeah, and talking I talking about Joffrey and right in season one, she's pretty she's pretty hard. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I don't know. know. It might be like it might be John and his resurrection. It's not like a traumatic life experience at all, you know. <laughs> Which that bothers me in a big way, and I think there are a lot of I don't know. It, it just it continues to bother me. I think. I mean, what do you guys think of this episode in terms of the entire season? Because I kind of feel like they kind of blew their wad, and they knew they were going to blow their wad this episode, and so they just really didn't give a shit about Emotional most depth. of the season. Well, no, I mean <laughs> most of the yeah. season. Like I think, like the entire, like the entire effort. And, oh, I see you know, what you're the saying. The entire, yeah. or, like okay. a large amount of the effort of the show was put into this one episode to the detriment of other episodes. Yeah, they spent yeah. 25. To, was it almost 28 days filming this? So they spent a significant yeah. budget and time. Well, and I, I guess they had to use at one point in time they had four crews going yeah. simultaneously, yeah. and yeah. you know that that does have to impact quality. 
I just feel like there are so many things they could have done with what they had. Like Mm -hmm. those endless scenes of Tyrion with Grey Worm and Missandei. (laughs) Scene after scene. Okay, all right, I get you got Dinklage. Maybe he's got to be in so many episodes. Fine. I'm not arguing with that. There could have been three different There could have been content in those scenes. We didn't have to see the same bits over and over and over again that does right. not require high tech it's still three people in a dimly lit room talking three no, very I, I good actors that so, you but know the writing that, suffer. Yeah. but it's like but see the writing me, suffers this, because they're doing other things and i keep coming back to this it's like the reason they did wanted to do this show in the first place, supposedly, is because they read the they heard about the red wedding and read that bit and were that was really what and, and Ned's death and all that. So they have these moments they want to do, and I get that because I under I, I write granted on an amateur level, but I get you want to do this big thing here, but you have to earn those moments if they're going to have any kind of power, and to just write them. And the rest of the stuff goes to pot. That it's it's shitty amateur hour kind of bad writing. It's I like guess I'm going to disagree with you to the extent of the motives a little bit because I think you know one of the things that they've excelled at in the early seasons were those like three on you know those three person those two person scenes. But so then the, they, they obviously happened? relished it. Yeah, so I what think happened? That, that, I think it got too big. Yeah, I I, I think it might be like. You know, when you're playing a football game or something and uh, you try really hard, then you score a goal and uh, and then you, then you just underestimate everything. You just take, oh, you know, we're going to win or whatever. And then you don't have to make that much of an effort. Like with the audience that Game of Thrones has and, you know, all the Emmy Awards and the great, you know, what people think about Game of Thrones, it doesn't, you know, they could literally do whatever they want. So- Okay. People okay, be like, but, oh yeah, that's so cool. It's kind of like so. rest on their laurels, kind of thing. All right, but you well, know, I don't think that you go through about... a shoot like this to rest on your laurels, though. Like, they're, you know, to steal something from John from John Connington, like they're overreaching. Like, it's not that they're not trying hard enough. Like, they're trying to do too much. So they're overreaching visually at the at the expense at the expense of, of, of the, the writing. writing. I think, and, yeah, and it, it's not like it. <laughs> Writers are not as well paid as people think they are. And it's not like there's a whole lot of people out there who are going, no, I couldn't possibly write on Game of Thrones. I mean, there are probably people who would clamor for the chance, who would work for less than optimal, high-budget money. So it's not like... And I guess the only... You could pay somebody to do this, and then they could focus on the big things they want to do, and we'd have something that would make sense well and i guess time will tell if next season if they are talking about we're condensing all these stories and then they go down and they still can't hack it then we'll be able to see if, if that's really yeah. the reason that will be yeah. the ultimate proof next season mm-hmm. yeah i think so and i think too i mean there's also the whole idea of you know first you know for four four and a half seasons they had a really strong outline to go by and yeah. now they have a much less strong outline and you know, that can also be, you know, a cause of it, too. Yeah, so, um, it might be that they, that they want to, you know, rush ahead of George now that they have the upper hand, you know, like show watchers are like, yeah, we know more than you now. 
you know, like we know nothing. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, this whole episode, I felt like I wasn't really spoiled for the winds of winter. It felt like oh no, not at all. No, None of these things we saw are going to be in the winds of winter. No, and, and if we they have the are, ice they'll lake. be done different. All that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's like whenever Mr. Eon saw the dragons and Danny get on the dragons, he's like, I want to see Tyrion get on a dragon. And I'm like, well, wait till next season. I'm sure they'll have him on a dragon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the little one. <laughs> so, uh, do we have any mail, Eon? We do. We got some mail. Our, our first one's from our very own lady of Tarth, Hyphen Post. <laughs> um, she says, hi, ladies. Some thoughts about episode nine. Someone at Winterfell should have taught Rickon to run in an irregular pattern. <laughs> being shot at. Boy, the Greyjoy siblings got to Marine fast. Was Amelia's acting extra painful this episode, or was it just me? We... We totally agree. <laughs> um, do you think Sans is going to follow through with what Littlefinger wants? And we'll we'll miss you this week. Hugs and kisses, Lotto. Oh God, Peter and Sansa gag me. <laughs> I cannot stand him. It Sorry, would, creepy. It shipper. would be amazing really if apologize. she, you know, I mean, she could, I mean do what he's done to everyone else like Liza and she could kill him when they're in the woods and who would know you know I don't know she could hide the mind <laughs> well, well going by the fact that they like to torture Sansa and like not have her be happy I think it, it is a possibility that they do you know I, I'm guessing he wants to marry her or something so but she'd be something gross God, she'd have yeah. to know she's giving up her power again and if she's becoming this you know starting to become more savvy would she really do it that's what I sort of don't think she would, ultimately. I think she'll find a yeah. way to get out of it. I want to, yeah. I want that to be the... I mean, because who, who would care? Like, who would care if she if she somehow offed him? Somehow. Who would care? Is there anyone well, who would really would. care? Well, Robin oh, no, would. no. I mean, I mean, who would go after... Well, do you think he would go after her? I mean, I no, don't know. No, he wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. yeah. No one yeah. would go after her. Yeah, all they'd have to do is say Uncle Peter had an accident. Yeah, you know, I didn't mean like emotional care. Yeah, I mean like a... or something, and he'd buy it. Yeah, strategically care. Uncle Peter was poisoned by our enemies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Boom. Oops. Oh, I wanted to throw him through the moon door or something. You know, this is how it would be. <laughs> She's taller than him. She could totally drown him in that pool of water near the near the tree, the weirwood tree. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. See, I could, I could watch that. That would be awesome. <laughs> There's all sorts of things they could do that would be hysterical and I'd be down with. If they would go, I, I mean... Lady Lemonheart, she turns into Lady Lemonheart. She starts getting revenge on everyone who screwed her over. I wanted, yeah, soap opera, telenovela <laughs> in the best possible way. I, I could learn to love this show again. <laughs> Ah, we have another one from iHeart Dramas that says, Dear ladies, Rick and Dead and 112, rest in peace, Canon Ricking. That's Rickon X Shireen for, for people that don't ship Rickon and Shireen. Another character brought back just so we can see them killed. 
at this rate, I kind of am okay with Gendry staying on his darn rowboat. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point. (laughs) Maybe he'll row for so long that he survives the whole zombie apocalypse and he and Arya can peace out to Yeeti or something. Also, suck it, Euron. Glad Asha beat him to the punch. Hashtag Asha 2016. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Our next one is from Apt... Attention Deficit Aptitude. And it says, Didn't one of y'all predict that Ramsey would die in this exact same way? I want to congratulate you on your psychic powers. But but in reality, I think it just goes to show how predictable the writing has gotten. What do you guys think? If no one predicted this and I'm just making it all up, feel free to ignore me completely. Also, (laughs) yet another scene that would have been awesome with Papillons. Here she was man-eating Papillons. That would have been amazing. They slowly nibble him to death, little nibbles. (laughs) That would be like way worse torture, too. Yes, it would. (laughs) I want fan art. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there. Fan art of adorable murderous papillons eating yeah, pretty much. Well, <laughs> or cuddling him to death. And then something. Sansa could brush them afterwards and they could be her little red, you know, her little <laughs> I love it. They'd follow her all over. Oh, it'd be yes. awesome. <laughs> Give them cute names. But, but yeah. I think that dog was kind of cute anyway. Yeah. Is yeah, it just it me? I thought he was cute. He kind of scared me. It looked like whenever we got whenever he was on Ramsey, it just yeah. like he was about to give him kisses. I think it probably was. They rubbed dog food on his face to get him to lick it. Yep. <laughs> oh. I'd, I'd adopt him. I'd be like, yeah, I, I own the dog that ate Ramsey Snow. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, let's see. Anon says, so who was on those crosses and what was the point? <laughs> and I don't remember Tyrion knowing why J- Jamie killed Mad King. Yep, and yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, at least Another- it wasn't Roose and Waldo like the early spoilers were predicting. Or like a headless yeah. Stannis and Rickon and Osha oh, and Davos. And, everyone you know, there. Brienne and Pod. Oh. Like, it was pretty much like everyone. <laughs> it was anyone who could be in the vicinity. <laughs> oh, man. It's probably some of those Ironborn that he skinned like a couple seasons ago. He was probably Osha. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh man. Walda. Well, no, probably not Walda, but Bruce, maybe. <gasps> you like that idea, I guess? Or? <laughs> yeah, I just noticed it just made a really weird sound that didn't say anything. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, wow, what a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would make things better. Better, yeah. more oh, roots. Yeah. Another Anon says, while I'm hype as hell after that episode, the promo for the next one killed my good mood almost immediately because it looks like Jamie is at that fray wedding. I'm now really nervous that he's going to die and the reunion in eight was just to give the JB ship some closure. Please tell me I'm not alone in my worries. Nope. Well, I was worried, and then um, late-breaking spoilers that um, Nikolai, Lena, Peter Dinklage, um, Amelia, and Kit are all in negotiations for season seven and eight. Yeah. 
So but, um, I was pretty sure they won't kill him off. It would be really stupid yeah. if they did. Even stupid I, for them. <laughs> if his agent pushes too hard. Yeah. Well, but the word is they're going to get half a million an episode. Well, oh, they're done with filming, good. so mm-hmm. he's right. safe for this season, unless yeah. that's a two-parter or something. I get the I'm feeling just... that Nikolai's agent doesn't do check. <laughs> yeah, I, I, especially after that horrible movie, that God's that of Egypt movie? thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then that other, that romantic comedy that got universally panned. I'm thinking oh, but he it needs... made money. Well, yeah, but I think he needs new management because... But anyhow, yeah, yeah I think he's probably safe. Yeah. I've um, just come to like take these trailers with a grain of salt. They seem to try to mislead everyone. If you recall, like the last episode, it looked like Jamie was just telling Brienne to fuck off, and that's why she was storming out. And yeah. I mean, we were all expecting the worst, so I'm just not even trying. I'm to worry still not about happy. I, I'm pretty sure Larry is going to be in prominent um, uh, evidence next uh, yeah. episode. I don't think that's Jamie. That's Larry. Well, maybe somebody will hit him for the Brotherhood of Battles, hit him over the head, and then he gets, you know, amnesia, well, and he's not, <laughs> not Larry anymore, and he I forgets all his Larry memories. <laughs> of, like, him, I really want him in a fray hat, but that's not gonna happen. <laughs> oh and God. I want someone That'd repeatedly so slapping him upside the head until, like, <laughs> Jamie comes back and goes... What the hell was I doing? Oh my god, I was, you know, yeah, that's what I want. Maybe he needs to punch himself with his own golden hand. There you go. Oh, someone takes the hand off the and he just, slap. yeah, <laughs> over and over and over again until finally Jamie emerges. Oh, yeah. Maybe Brianne will do it. I mean, this would be the perfect opportunity to go back on track with the books to have something happen that pulls Jamie out of this situation and he ends up with Brienne because they're on the river you know, they're the same area they could you? yeah well <laughs> together you know at least they'll die together <laughs> yeah, well, on that subject I was thinking of it because uh, I'm guessing I'm guessing you've heard of the theory you know of the Cersei uh, using wildfires like burn up King's Landing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because because if she does do that and I'm you know I'm going it's pretty obvious that she's going to do it in this next episode. But that's exactly the reason why Jamie killed the Mad King. So I don't, like, if he doesn't break up with her then, I don't even, I give up. Well, and, and then, I mean, I guess you could say, oh, that would be extra, tra- I don't know if that's just what the show is going for, extra tragic, because he supported someone and didn't see that she was headed down the same track. I don't know. You know My worry yeah. is that... She's going to blow up King's Landing, which honestly, at this point, I think someone should. Um, But she's going to blow it up. Half-ass. And (laughs) he's going to go after her to kill her. And that's, we're not going to get the JB that I desperately want. That's why I'm hoping somebody kidnaps him at this wedding. And then we're, you know, he's done with her. And and that would be great. And then there's a lot of, like, slapping him upside the head. And he goes, oh, my God, what the hell? And, you know, we can be happy. they go fight zombies and die that way. I'd be okay with that. So do you think he's going to pull one of the blackfish things where he needs to go take (laughs) a piss piss. and then Brienne kidnaps him or something? (laughs) Yeah, because I think the Brotherhood we know is going, you know, we know that the Brotherhood's going north and... You know, Arya's going to be there. Brienne and Pod presumably are headed in the same direction. So there's like a whole... And, you know, it gets interesting when you think, you know, for the most part, all these characters are in the same location in the books, too. Everyone bold. And they're intersecting. So (laughs) why wouldn't they be intersecting on the show? Um, Yeah, so so maybe Brienne, like, 
comes and kidnaps him. It's like, oh, I found Arya Stark. So it's it's almost like the books, except in the books it's Sansa and we have Lady Stoneheart, but it's still. Or her. maybe the Brotherhood kidnaps Brienne and Pod yeah. because they are oh, yeah. all decked out in Lannister. They're all in the water. Yeah, then, they can see them yeah. all in the river. It's like get your get your wench. But he I mean, yeah, there's that is. possibilities. Yeah, he wouldn't. Show Jamie be, like, be like, who? who? <laughs> like, this will be such great a, a time for them to finally do the, you know, finally get back on track. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Well, we so. can dream. Yep. Yeah. Any more mail? Yes. Um, another Anon says, ladies, I'm so excited for Dunkin' Egg podcast. I hope Chicky Kardashian comes back. <laughs> we all miss her. We do. Dude, we really miss Chicky. <laughs> and do. she will be back. Yes. And she's still pretty confused about the Kardashian part. Yeah. I think we need <laughs> yeah. clarification on that. But yeah, we are going to be doing um, Dunkin' Egg episodes starting on in August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I should probably Tune finish, in. actually start reading those books, I guess. Same huh. here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and um, last, we got one from King's Token. It says... In your last podcast, you seemed unhappy with Jamie's line that he thought Sansa was dead, and you said that it invalidates the previous Oathkeeper scene, but I don't think it does. Jamie probably thought Sansa was alive when he sent Brienne on her quest, but it's been over a year, in showtime, I think. He heard nothing from Brienne from that entire time and received no other information indicating the whereabouts of Sansa, so it would not be unusual for him to assume that Sansa had met some dire fate. The only curious thing is that Cersei knows that Sansa is alive because of her talk with Littlefinger, but she chose not to share that information with Jaime, although that would not that would not be outside of Cersei's character, as she tells Jaime things when it's convenient for her and not before. I love the podcast. Thanks for your hard work. King's Token. I think it was the tone that he used being so flippant about it that was more offensive to me. Yeah. It was sort of like, I think it was um, oh, it was one of our former guests who I think did it which is like, uh, I think it was on Tumblr or something like, oh, Sansa's dead. LOL. Oh, you know, laugh out loud kind of thing. Like, oh, I thought she was dead. You know, it was very like, Oh, yeah, her versus, I don't know. It, it just didn't work for me. Yeah, but thank you for the compliments. Yeah. Nice compliments yeah. for the emails. Yes. Yes. And that, that's all the, the mail we have so far. And thank, well, I want to thank all of you for joining us this episode. This was a, a difficult one, I think, to do because, you know, the amount of battle. But you guys slogged through like troopers <laughs> and and made it. And want to remind everyone to support us on Patreon Listen on iTunes. You can like us on Facebook or Tumblr. You can write us at close the door and at Gmail and visit us on Twitter at Door Podcast. And I am closing the door and get out.